0: Hey Welcome to Life Church. We pray this blesses you and empowers you for your week ahead. We hope you enjoyed this message. Good morning everyone. How are you all? You well? It feels a bit late to say Happy New Year, but I haven't seen everybody so happy. New Year to you all, hope you are doing really well. And it was great to see so many faces. And you know, 2023, it has started, we are in it all the way in. And I don't know if you know, but Jock was here last week talking to us from the story of Moses. And if you were here, you would know, but if you weren't, I'll do a little quick recap. But as we start the year, we're focusing on a few things. And Jock spoke about being people who focus on the pursuit of God. He spoke for Moses and he talked about how Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, then we do not want to go because what else distinguishes us from anyone else on this earth? You are the only thing that distinguishes us from anyone else. And today I want to continue on that focus, but I want to move on from Moses and speak to you from Joshua. And uh, Moses is a great man. He was the man who knew the face of God. The Bible says that he knew the great I am. I mean, God just said, raise your staff and watch me do what I do. But Joshua steps in and he now has a new mandate because he now has to lean into the new instruction. And the word says that Joshua tells the people, keep an eye on the ark because we have never been this way before. And as we all enter 2023, I promise you, none of us, (laughs) none of us have ever been this way before. And more than ever, we should keep, we have to keep our eyes on God and pursuing who He is, Amen? Amen. amen? Amen. And where Moses was a man who had the mandate of taking everyone out, Joshua had a new mandate of taking people into the promised land. And that new mandate that he had required him to listen to that new instruction. And it required him, it required the whole people to be a people of obedient faith. That's what it required. They needed to be a people who leaned into the new instruction and were ones who would walk into obedience. Where disobedience had kept the people out before from the promised land, obedience would be what would take them in. And Jock spoke about the church being known for the character of the people. How many of you remember that? Yes. This church will be known by the character of its people, not about, not about the worship, not about us preaching, not about the serving, it will know, be known by the character of the people. And the, the Israelites learned this. They learned that they would be a people who would be known by their obedient faith. And so today, I wanna to talk to you about the joy of obedience. Because I promise you, it is the greatest joy to walk in obedience to God. And these people learned that, hey, we have to walk in the obedience of we have to step in water. We have to walk around the wall seven times in silence. We have to shout at the right time. They learned to walk out as a people of obedient faith. And I don't know what you think about obedience. Obedience can seem like a very stern word sometimes, right? You know, depending on how you grew up or you know, your school, etc. Obedience can sound like a really stern thing. And yet, when you ask what is obedience, I think of joy. I think of the beauty of what God has created and how he asked us to lean in. Why? Because he loves us. And Joshua straight away. Learn something about obedience that I want us to learn as well. And if you ask me what word has shaped you for the last five years, where daily you have turned to it, and I'm talking about daily turning to it, then this is one of the things that I have learned and that I have stood on for the last, I would say, five to six years. And it is this. It's a lesson that Joshua learned very early on. What is obedience? And in Joshua 5.13, we read this. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he caught sight of a man standing in front of him with his sword drawn. And Joshua went up and said to him, are you on our side or are you on that of our enemies? And Joshua said, neither. I am the commander of the Lord's heavenly force. And now I have arrived. Then Joshua fell flat on his face and worshiped. And Joshua said to him, what is my master? saying to his servants. Before he entered Jericho, before he did anything else, Joshua had an encounter, which I believe is an encounter of understanding what obedience actually is. Because he, he, he comes across an angel, and they're about to go into battle, and he says to him, are you on our side or are you on the enemy's side? And the angel says to him, none, I'm on God's side. I'm on God's side. And the reality is that is the question we ask ourselves every day with whatever we encounter. Whenever anything happens, actually, God, this person has hurt me. I'm going through pain or um, you know, offense, which is around us every single day that we can pick up if we choose to. But every time we align ourselves, God, this is hurtful, this is hurt. But actually God, because he wants you to bring everything to him, But actually, God, what are you saying? What is your side on this situation? And when you bring things to God's side, rather than trying to bring God to your side, but say, God, what is your side on this? He might say to you, hey, you didn't do great either. I think there's a bit of repentance to do. Or he might say, hey, you need to forgive. Or he might say, hey, go talk to your brother. Or he might say, hey, set some boundaries, whatever it looks like. But the question every time when things land in us every single day, the question is, actually not what's my side, God, but what is your side on the matter? What are you saying about it? And it is a daily, daily choice. You know, when we were asked to lead here, and I've told you this before, for me, it was, there was a bit of a fear going on of, oh my goodness, we're, wanna be, we're gonna step into being lead pastors of this church. Gosh, I feel a little bit fearful. But God reminded me when I'm like, okay, God, what is your side? Because His side was saying, Surely step out and say yes. But He reminded me, Surely, what's your other option? And that's what we've got to remind ourselves of. He said, What is your other option? And I realized, My other option, God, is retreat. That's my other option. I either step in obedience or I retreat. And life, church, brothers and sisters, my family, every single one of us, we are not made for retreat. We are not made to be a people of retreat. I'm not talking about a spa retreat or the retreat of the Sabbath, all these things are good. I'm talking about the retreat that goes, I either step out in what God's saying or I disobey. I Either step out in what God's saying or I hide. And we're not called to hide. We're not called to shrink back. We're not called to be rebellious. We're not called to be people who take offense or who walk in pride. We have to constantly daily choose, God, what is your side? What is your side of the situation? Not my side, not their side. What is your side? And obedience isn't just... You know, following the one thing, oh, well, I do good here and, you know, I don't lie. These are the little things. So, Actually, no, obedience isn't just about doing something. It is a walk. It is a daily walk. It is a walk that is transformational in God. It is a walk of, God, I'm going to follow you with my life. It is a way of living. God, life is hard right now, but I'm going to trust your word that says, lean on me, trust in me in all your ways. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Am I gonna go obey that word? Joshua's first word that he got, and I actually didn't read it, but I meant to read it out. Um, God says to him, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Neither be dismayed for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. What is the first word? It says, I command you. He didn't say, try to be strong and courageous. He said, I command you be strong and courageous. And Joshua had to choose over and over again, will I choose strength and courage or am I going to choose to back away from that? And why should we obey? I mean, obedience is choosing God's way, but why should we be people of obedience? I've been looking through the scripture and looking through like, I know God's, good is, God's will is good for me, but actually what I come down to is We are meant to be a people of joy and wonder. Every single one of us is meant to be a person of joy and wonder and the Bible is clear that there is such joy in walking in the ways of God. You know when you look at creation and you see the ocean working within the boundaries that God has set? You sit there and you're in wonder. When you look at the mountains and you see everything that is working together in like the ways that we don't even understand. There is wonder when we watch things that are working in the way they were supposed to work. When we see the world still obeying the command of God, the ocean still saying, yes, I will stick within my boundaries. Because it is beautiful. And the world can tell us that, you know, God's commands, that maybe your way of living sounds a little bit out of touch. But I can tell you, this book, this book is the instructions for your best life. It is from beginning to end the instructions of the best life that you can live. There is a wonder of the boundaries that God speaks from in here. That if you walk in them, you will be walking as a people of joy and wonder. Because when you listen to his word that says, actually I've created sex within the boundaries of marriage. Why? Because actually it's deeply spiritual. Why? Because you will avoid emotional pain. If you don't, why? Because you will never compare all the girlfriends of your youth to your wife. If you don't do it. His word is speaking to you about the joy and wonder of a way of living that is beautiful. You know, when it says, do not gossip, why? Because actually that separates friendships and you don't wanna be a person of separation. You wanna be a person of unity. You wanna be a person who brings things together, who loves one another. Everything within these words of God is talking about your best life. And I know things happen. I know, I know we can try to make our best choices and the world can still happen. We live in a fallen world. You can be the best partner to someone and they can still choose something else. You know, I know we live where things happen. And yet this book isn't just the story of your best life. It is the greatest redemption story. It is the love of God. And he still says with it all, I know they you're gonna live in a fallen world. I know different things are gonna happen around you, but still choose my ways. Choose my side. Because I promise you in this side, in the side of God, there is joy and wonder that you will walk in because he wants us to be a people of joyful obedience. He wants us to be a people who walk out life knowing the wonder of who he is. And we are not just joyful because we call ourselves Christians, but it's because it's the joy of walking it out. You know, just to to read, you know, your life has the power of death and life in it, in it is great, but are you actually walking out? Okay, my, every word I say today has the power of death and life in it. It has the power, am I watching my words? Have I said something because I'm not perfect? Have I said something to offend someone? You know, Have I said something to my husband who we probably speak to the most freely? Probably, so what do I do with those words then? I go and I speak life. Hey, I'm so sorry I spoke to you that way. Because your words have the power for both. That is the power of what we walk in. And when Jock said we want to be a character, we want to be a church who's known by a character. We want to be a church who is known for the pursuit of God, but who actually walks out, walks out in this joyful, obedient faith. That we know who he is and we understand that his ways are the best ways. Psalms 119 says this joyful, and some translations say happy, some say blessed, because actually studies show that we, the Christians are some of the most joyful people on the planet, because of this. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your degrees. Remember, we're supposed to be images made in the image of God, reflector of your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. Joyful are the people of integrity. Joyful are those who follow his instructions. Joyful are those who reflect your decrees. We are supposed to be a people of joyful obedience. Why should he you obey? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. He hasn't just put these instructions in here for no reason. It's because he loves you. And walking out in obedience is walking out in an understanding of having a love and a trust in what God wants for you. Uh, my, my son isn't here so I can talk about him. He doesn't like when we talk about them in our fridge. But this is okay because it's a story when they were really little. But I remember when my kids were little <laughs> and we'd go to the supermarket and how many of you know they love to run away? I know this story is not going to resound with every child but this is my child, this is my story. <laughs> and uh, a hero used to love to run away in the supermarket. And if you have a kid, you probably realize after a while, stop or come back or whatever just stops working, right? <laughs> if they just stop listening. But I remember eyeballing him and saying, hey, look around you, the supermarket is really busy and I don't want to lose you. And I remember his little eyes just going, oh, okay, you don't want to lose me. And I could see this little understanding coming, going, I don't want to lose you either. And so he, from that day onwards, he stuck around me. Why? Because He was able to trust the relationship that we had. He was able to understand my mother wants the best for me. And it's the same with God. He wants the best for you. I don't want my kids to obey me just because I said so. I want them to walk in relationship with me and to listen to what I have to say because they trust me, because they honor me, because they love me, and because they know that I want the best for them. And your father loves you so deeply and he wants the best for you. And sometimes you might read something and go, that makes no sense. But I promise you, God's ways are the best ways every single time. Why should we obey? Because the Bible talks about us not just being listeners of the word, but being doers of the word. It's really clear in the Bible. Hebrews 11 says this. Well, let's back up. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Then it says that without, um, in Hebrews 11, what is faith? Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. And then how do we get that faith? Romans 10 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God by His Word, the Holy Spirit. James 1.22 then tells us, this faith that it is impossible to please God without, that it is this beautiful thing, that confidence in what we hope for and have assurance, this faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. James 1.22 then tells us, but don't just merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do Matthew 7:24. If you want further proof, this is the one that I just absolutely love. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, we know the song. The rain came down the streams rose the winds blew and beat against the house yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not sorry and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on a sand the rain came down the streams rose the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash How many of you want to walk in wisdom? And this word is full of wisdom. But Solomon had all the wisdom in the world. And yet at the end of his life, we know that even though he had all the wisdom in the world and he chose it for many, many years, the Bible is clear that even the man who had the most wisdom in the world did not walk in it towards the end of his life. His son, who grew up with the wisest man that the earth ever knew, it still tells us that when he took over as king, the first thing he did was neglect wisdom that was given to him. You can bite around things that give you wisdom, but you have to choose to walk in them. It is a daily choice to choose God's side in all that we do. The wise man knew the word, And he did it. Jesus tells us, if you love me, you will obey what I command. He also says, even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Matthew 7 gives us a really strong warning. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven Samuel said, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Burnt offers and sacrifices or obedience to your voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than offering. The fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. We walk this life because we understand that he loves us and we walk in it because God shows us in his word but actually, if we walk in it, we are walking with wisdom that we are building wisely. So, what is what does obedience look like? It looks like choosing his side. And why? Because we are called to be a people of joy and wonder. And the Bible is clear: if you walk in his ways, you will walk in the joy and the wonder of who he is. But how do we obey? How do we obey? You might say to me, I'm not sure, I've tried to forgive and I find it really hard to forgive. Or I've tried to walk in this ways and I find it really hard. Well, the Bible's really clear. It tells us, apart from God, you can do nothing. Apart from God, you can actually do nothing. And then Philippians also tell us, in Christ, you can do all things. On your own, you can do nothing, but with Christ, you can do all things. We have the Holy Spirit with us, and He is our helper. I'm gonna read to you from John 14, um, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray that the Father will give you another helper and he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans for I will come to you. If you are pursuing God, if you are walking in his ways, if you are pursuing him, you have the Holy Spirit with you. You almost have no choice Because if you are pursuing the face of God, you're gonna want to naturally do things His way. You're gonna want to walk in obedience. And it's called participation in the Bible. You know, when someone says, I am struggle to forgive, it's not about us forgiving, it's about us going to the Holy Spirit. Can I participate in your work of forgiveness? Help me participate in your work of forgiveness. If I'm trying to love someone and doing it in my own strength, It's not gonna work, but if I got Holy Spirit, can I participate in your great work of love? Because the reality is that without you, we can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. With him, all things are possible. The Bible says that he will reveal himself to the obedient. And can I tell you that you will fail you will, God knows this. You are not. You are part of a world that is broken and there are things all around you and we are not perfect, though we are being made perfect, we are still being transformed and we are not perfect. So I wanna go back, but there's good news here. But I wanna go back because this Bible is the greatest, it's your best life, it is your best life. But it is also, like I said, the greatest redemption story. And there is a huge, beautiful reset button in it called repentance. There's a beautiful reset button called forgiveness. There is a beautiful reset button there that God gives us through his grace. But I wanna take you back to what Matthew spoke about two weeks ago. He spoke on Peter walking on water. And we're just gonna read it, Matthew 14. Peter got down out of the boat, walked onto the water and came towards Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshiped and said, truly you are the son of God. We read this, and I know Matthew was talking about identity when he was talking about this. But I wanted to go back to it because we're very quick we will fall. Peter stepped out and he doubted. He did a very brave thing. He was like, I have trust in God. I'm gonna step out in what I believe is obedient, doing faith because I trust him and I believe he can do this. He was walking on water, it was incredible. And then he allowed doubt in, so he began to sink. Now we are very quick when we read this, I think, to go to Jesus saying, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And we miss the most crucial part in between. Because it says, when the wind came and he was afraid and began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. What does Jesus do? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. We are called to walk out in faith, in this beautiful obedience of joy and wonder. We can't do it on our own. We have the Holy Spirit. And we will fail. But I promise you, when you fail, he will catch you. He will catch you every single time. He will catch you because he loves you. Because it is the joy. And actually, Robert Michaela Hutchinson came to our house the other day for dinner. And uh, we were talking about this passage. And Michaela said something to me, because I was saying, talking about this scripture. And she said, actually, the other thing that people always don't notice, she goes, is that the Bible says that then they walked back to the boat. So she's like, he not only just caught him when he failed, but then had this incredible adventure of still walking back on water to the boat together because that is the God that we serve who wants to just walk this out in living faith together, walk out in daily obedience with each other. I want to close by reading Hebrews. It is called the great hall of faith, sometimes called faith in action. I call it obedient faith, whatever you want to call it. And I won't read all of it to you, but here are just some of the the faithful actions of obedience. By faith, Noah built an ark to save his family. By faith, Abraham obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Joseph spoke about the Exodus of the Israelites of Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him because they knew he was no ordinary child. By faith, Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if on dry land. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army marched around for seven days. By faith, Rahim, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And then it ends with, I did not have time to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith went on to conquer kingdoms, administer justice, gain what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quench the fury of flames, escape the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and they became powerful. You know, when we become people of obedient faith, we learn the joy of God being our rewarder. Not this world, not anyone else, but the joy of God being our rewarder, the lifter of our heads that despite what we are going through, if we step out in his beautiful obedience, (coughs) we will be people of great Joy, we will know the joy of obedient faith. And I would love for us to stand up. We have just our time has just gone. Let's stand up together. I would love for us to pray. And I wrote a prayer here. And what I would love to do is to read it and you to read it after me. We don't have it on the screens, but it is basically a prayer a prayer of just committing all that I've said to God. And if you might be new and you might not be a Christian, you might not want to say this with us right now, but for all of those here who know God and would love to say this prayer, let's pray this together. Father, help us become a people who walk in the great joy of obedient faith. Let us be ones who trust and have a deep revelation. Of your love for us thank you for your word and the instructions for our best life in you thank you jesus that it is also the greatest story of redemption and that through your grace you catch us when we fall help us to understand That we can do nothing without you but we can do all things through you thank you holy spirit that we can participate daily with you in the wonder and joy of choosing god's side and walking within the wisdom of your boundaries help us to be those who live with their lives built upon the rock. Not just listeners, but doers of the world. Thanks for joining us. We pray you feel encouraged by this word. We would love to hear from you, so why not connect with us via the website at lifechurchhome.com or on our socials at LifeChurchHome. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.